Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself. To get through the hard moments, this is the workshop for you. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to learn more and register. Welcome to the Why Doesn't My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met through our training and practice of relational life therapy. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. If something you hear in this episode stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We also love to hear your questions. So don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com and leave us a question of your own. Here's today's question. We got a written in question from one of our listeners and they say, why does my partner say they don't remember? And how can that be a valid excuse when it puts the pressure on the other person to do the remembering and the reminding? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I read this question out loud to my husband and he said, oh, that sounds like you. <laughs> i.e. he's the one who remembers. Apparently he thinks so, but I think it might be the other way around. (laughs) Oh, that's fun. I wonder what my husband would say about that. I mean, I have a pretty decent memory and that's like a known and talked about thing in our marriage. Mm -hmm. I don't get the sense. He doesn't have a decent memory though. I'm just, I'm curious how he would feel about it. I don't know. I think sometimes it's like, 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 you know, like how we talk about listening, like, you know, that we have selective hearing. Oh, Mm -hmm. sure. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we have selective remembering too. Like there's certain Mm -hmm. things that like they're important Mm -hmm. to me, so I'm not going to like miss them. And there Mm -hmm. are certain things that are important to him and there's. They don't always line up. We prioritize things differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I let go of the things that aren't important Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they may be. Yeah. yeah. But they may be totally important to him. And he'll remember those. Yeah. And I'm, what I'm thinking about right now is, oh, there's these different categories of how this could show up for people is coming up for me. So it could be like the remembering about stuff that Mm -hmm. needs to happen and the logistics of life. And if only one person is remembering, then it's really out of balance. Right. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thought though, is like, what about remembering like stuff that's important to you? So it feels really different. If like I had a big event and my partner didn't remember that it was happening it could, I could interpret that as like feeling unimportant. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Or it could be like, I've told the same childhood story eight times and, and they can never remember it. Mm -hmm. And then I start spinning in my head wondering, what does this mean? What does this mean? And the reason we do that guys is because we have meaning making brains and they just can't stop themselves. You're always going to make up a story about something. (laughs) Right. 
So I'm just thinking about how many different ways this could show up for people listening. Oh gosh, it can so many different things, right? Like you said you were going to do that thing and you didn't do it. Well, I've talked to you about this person that I work with over and over again. Right. Why can't you remember who they are? Right. Like so there's don't you listen to me? Don't I matter to you? Mm-hmm. Right. So there's you. there's so mm-hmm. much in terms of the context mm-hmm. here that that can all come into this. Mm-hmm. I also want to just kind of turn around to the second half of this question. The part mm-hmm. that says, how could this be a valid excuse when it puts all the pressure on one person mm. to do all the remembering and the reminding? Mm-hmm. I struggle with that part. What do and you I'm, struggle with there, Vicki? Mm, I feel mean saying it, um, but that no one, no one's putting pressure, that you're putting pressure on yourself. And well, my mind also wonders what would happen if you didn't remember either? Like that, maybe that is too much pressure. I don't put that, I don't allow that pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. I tell my husband all the time, two heads are better than one. So we use a lot of the task things in our phone and reminders and on and on, but um, not a, but an, and yeah. Why are you taking pressure on yourself? Mm, So what you're really talking about there is a boundary issue, like, um, like a psychological boundary, like a taking this on Yes, as if, if you don't do it, then I have to do it. Yes. And it's the have to part that you're wondering about yeah. is what I'm hearing. Yes, absolutely. And when you say have to, it's funny because my mind goes to, and that's the resentment that is in this question. Mm. When there's a have to, there's resentment. So then Not I'm always, hearing, I guess, but I'm, I'm hearing in my head, well, there are, this is just like the internal conversation. Well, there are some things that have to get done. Like we have to mm-hmm. make dinner or we have to take out the garbage or we have to pay the bills or we have mm-hmm. to, have to, have to, mm-hmm. right? So if I just don't take those things on, then what? Mm-hmm. And that's my curiosity piece. Then what? Right. Then we're going to lose our house. Then we're going to starve. Right. Then we're going to. I mean, I'm not saying that. Those well, are I am actions. curious. No, I, I actually, yeah. I I get it. I get it. When it comes to our kiddos, sometimes we'll I, somebody has to pick the kid up from school. Yes. That I'm a hundred percent with you. Um, it have to plan dinner. It one if we've been having conversations about this, and I said I don't want to be the one who's always remembering to figure out dinner. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do it on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and. I'll let us figure it out on the weekend together, but I'd like you to do it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then on Tuesday comes and my partner did not do it. Mm -hmm. Then I would let them not do it. And then I guess they would figure out what they're going to eat because they didn't plan dinner. And Mm -hmm. I would like make a bag of popcorn or something. Mm -hmm. And tell us, Jules, how that's not retaliation. (laughs) Oh, definitely not. (laughs) It's I'm just, not, I'm I agree. just I just doing, want you to explain no, it. definitely yeah. not. Yeah, definitely not. No, this is, it's not about, it's not about holding this with any resentment. Right. It's saying this, this way the load is happening is not okay with me. Mm. I'm not going to agree to play out this, my side of this. Like I said. And I'm going to, and I'm going to let whatever feelings unfold between us as part of me not taking on the role anymore. If it's not a role I really want. And that's not for me to say what's a good role for someone or mm-hmm. what's not. That's for your heart. You know, I don't actually have thoughts that are super strict around what's healthy, what's not healthy. I think it's more, hey, what, what's working for you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
The other piece though, I think is for the partner. Like if you have a bad memory, then like we could recognize that and figure out things to put in place to help. You could Mm -hmm. take on, it's the same thing. If I, if I had a super bad depression that is affecting my family and it's not for them to fix, it's for me to fix. And I don't mean fix in like a bad way, but I mean like take seriously and yes, take responsibility for, for it. Take responsibility and, and for take it. responsibility for it. Like, we have to take responsibility for our shortcomings. A lot of folks have like ADHD or ADD, and for many, it's undiagnosed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm still learning about some of this, but I'm realizing that for a lot of women, it shows up in, in these kinds of like sleepy brains. Hmm. Right. And so, so there's that too. Like, is there something that's untreated here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that like a, a precondition? Is that something that like we, we want to take a look at? And if this gets treated, might that help resolve something? Like whose right. responsibility is that there? Uh, sure. And I think it's the person who's got the issue is the main person responsible for that. Yeah. If I had and a the- bad tooth, it wouldn't be my partner's job to take care of it. Right. Right. It could also mm-hmm. be like a total character flaw thing, too. Like I could have just been raised in a space where I didn't have to think a lot about mm-hmm. other people or how my behavior affected them. Mm-hmm. And is that my responsibility in my marriage, in my partnership to solve and to become thoughtful about and to work hard on fixing? Yes. Yes. Actually, it is. That sounds like learning about empathy. Totally. I love learning about empathy. Yeah. Like there's seeing how we affect other people. Right. There's a trick for like, if you're, if you have a grown up in a space where that wasn't really important, you could pause and think if I did this thing next, how would that affect the other person? And you have that thought Mm -hmm. before you decide Mm -hmm. to execute the action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just think about the relational consequences. Think about how it really aligns with your value system, which requires slowing down. And that's hard. And that requires consciousness, I think. And this also, it helps when the um, non-memory impaired partner, because I don't know how to label which one's which, (laughs) the the non-impaired partner is explicit with their frustrations. I found myself, Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out the way to phrase it as you guys were talking. I'm like, no, there's another thought I have. And that's, it's not up to him to just know that I'm frustrated that he's not remembering. Mm -hmm. I need to let him know with a direct request. We need to find a way to work on this. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make the meals every day of the week. I'm not happy with that nonverbal agreement we came up with at some point. So it's about working together of um, this is what I'm needing. And then Mr. Memory Impaired gets to say whether or not he's willing to work on it. And then we go from there. Mm-hmm. And if he's, and I love the skill that you're talking about. Direct request. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Yeah. Which just means saying out loud, I would like this thing. Would you be willing to work with me on this thing? That's all direct request means. Yeah. And we almost never do it because it's so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it means we have to say it more than once. Right. Usually. And we also, <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's another piece, right? Cause sometimes it also means being creative. Like what would be a really helpful way for you to remember this? Would it help oh, if, yeah. right? Like how, mm-hmm. how could mm-hmm. we work together to find this, to find this skill, to find this way for us mm-hmm. to remember this thing? 
in my family, like shopping lists are a big deal because I I used Mm -hmm. to always forget things. And so I've recently learned to start putting notes in my, in my iPhone. These are the Mm -hmm. things I need. And then I realized I could share those notes with everyone in my family and they could add to it too. And then it's not all on you. It's not all on on you. And so usually it is the person who's feeling affected by this that is going to be the person who's going to speak up and help it be different. And a lot of times we don't want to because it's vulnerable to do it in Mm -hmm. this direct way. The person could say no or get defensive Mm -hmm. and then I have to deal with that. But there's a bigger cost for not speaking up, I think. Yeah. In the, in the end, mm-hmm. the other piece that's coming up for me is we would love for our partners to be perfect and never, ever make us upset ever. <laughs> we would love that. How oh, do we find them? I, do they really- live? <laughs> <laughs> I have, a, I have a secret. They don't they exist. Don't. <laughs> so what I'm hearing you say is that some of this is also about what we call grief avoidance. Yeah. 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 And I think of, you know, love and grief and acceptance on one large spectrum. So all, when we use those words, we're talking about one large experience and I love you and I love our life and I want things to go away that works for me. And then they don't. And then I go through this grief space that's all about the hardness of seeing that the thing I'd hoped for or attached to or loved isn't going to be the way I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. And then that out of that process, if I, if I don't, if I don't deny either side, of course, I'm hoping for this. And of course it's not going to be, if I do that, the emergence that comes out of that is acceptance, mm-hmm. which is knowing all the sides with peace and moving from there into action. Mm-hmm. So like I'm married to a person with ADHD. If I have acceptance of that, like I've done all of the space around grief or what, what that means for our world, like what things I can ask for, and are totally reasonable and what things are actually not reasonable for his brain. It doesn't matter how much therapy does. It doesn't matter how much um, uh, uh, meds he takes. It's not going to happen. (laughs) I'd love for it to happen. It ain't going to happen. If I can move through my hope and say, it's okay to have the hope and move through um, the grief piece. Oh, that's not going to be our path. Mm -hmm. Then what comes out of that is acceptance. And maybe that's acceptance with a, oh, I take this on. Or maybe that's an acceptance with, let's figure out a completely different way to do mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. that really works for both of us. Because the thing I was asking for wasn't ever going to work. So I think there's some acceptance piece that has to come. And I'm sure my sweet husband has to do this with me all the time too. Like I'm mm-hmm. a fast talker. I've got a really quick brain. I don't know if anybody's noticed that. I don't speak really? fast or anything on the podcast, do I? <laughs> <laughs> and and I have a I have a relational cadence that's really quick. And my husband does not. Mm. And I try to slow that down. I'm really actively, this is a growing edge for me right now. I'm really working on that. And because it affects him in ways I think is not great for our relationship. 
And of course he hopes that I would never interrupt him. There's nothing wrong with him hoping that. (laughs) And of course, probably I'm going to interrupt him still, even though I work on it really hard, (laughs) really guys so hard. (laughs) I'm holding you so, so warmly there. And I'm thinking of something that you just evoked for me. And that's just that we all have such different ways of processing things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like we have different speeds that we work at, right? Like maybe your partner's not remembering this because it just hasn't popped back up yet in their brain. And if you slow down and let them come to it on their own time, which might not be your time, Mm -hmm. they'll get there. Yeah. And so there's a certain acceptance that goes with that path. You know, really quick story. Like a month before I started dating my husband, I was talking to one of my girlfriends who was getting married. And she said this beautiful flowery comment, the way you need to be loved will be the way he knows how to love. And I just fell in love with that. And it's so 100% not true. And I think of it all the time because I thought like I wrote it on a post-it note. I had it up in my apartment. I thought it was so beautiful. Again, I had, I wasn't dating my husband yet. I didn't know who was on the horizon. I had no idea, but I really clung to that. And then like years, I mean, it might've even been recently as a marriage therapist. I was like, that is so not true. Like it's a beautiful way. That's the disillusionment. It's the way we think it's going to happen. And no, no, no. Love him dearly. We're happily married. The way I need to be loved is not the way he knows how to love. And that it's would, totally different. It's totally and different. having acceptance <laughs> yes. of his differences yeah. is such a huge part. Huge. And that doesn't, I, when I say acceptance, I don't mean acquiescence about no. what needs are really important to you. Right. But I do mean deep respect and joy for who you married mm-hmm. or who your partner is look inside and find it so that you can celebrate them. Right. Mm. You know, for exactly how they are. Mm-hmm. And then ask for what you want too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cur- both and. And, and create both a and. together to find ways to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. All right. So let's leave it there today, guys. Acceptance, grief, no grief avoidance for our crowd. Um, we love grief here. Grief speak is up, part of marriage. Speak up for what you need. <laughs> speak up for what you need. Speak up for what you need. Practice your boundaries. And love each other as best you can. Mm. Bye-bye. Okay. Take care. That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another Why Does My Partner? We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show. To go deeper, join us at our boot camp. You'll find the next date at whydoesmypartner.com. Did you know you could ask us your question? Your questions are relational gold. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to either write in or record your question for a future episode. We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, and Akila Riley Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses.
And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout. If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.